Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with one of my favorite people, one of my favorite artists of all time. Truly one of the best to ever do it, Conan Gray. He's incredible. Today's interview with Conan Gray is being delivered to you by GoPuff. GoPuff is the best convenience store out there whenever you need something delivered because you're going to need something soon. GoPuff it. I promise, they're the best. Thousands of items available right now in the palm of your hand. Whenever you need it, they'll get it to you. And they literally have everything from electronics to home goods to holiday stuff to snacks to booze. All the food you can ask for, whatever you need, whatever your heart desires. Check out GoPuff first because they probably have it. And I'll get it to you real quick. I go puff everything, so I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't use it. And if you want, use my code Zach10 when you're checking out and you'll save some money. $10 off your first two orders. Zach10, use it, save money, and enjoy this conversation with Conan Gray. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan, and we welcome back to the studio. Easily one of the most requested guests. Mm -hmm. Hands down, (laughs) my personal favorite artist. Also, (laughs) top-tier human being. And really an exceptional god amongst fucking plebes. That's true. We welcome back Conan Gray. What an intro. Thank you. I've only been begging for this conversation (laughs) to happen for, I don't know, maybe since... The last time you were here. Yeah, in 2019. Which was literally right before COVID. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. It's been it's been a weird time. And the last time I was here, I was like so much younger. It just feels very strange. But here we are. Do you... Okay, we were t- talking about coming off a tour, which just happened for you. Mm-hmm. And life does move incredibly fast. Are you processing things but between events or are you just going 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 kind of blind i am dissociating i don't like to think about what's happening at all times ever you know how i always get asked in interviews like what was your like i made it moment i'm like i don't know i don't want to think about that i don't think about that i just smile wave giggle that's all i do what do you think about (laughs) nothing i think about getting my coffee in the morning and then when I'm writing songs, that's when I think. And then otherwise, I'm just smiling and pleasant. Are you living? <sighs> this year? And I don't mean work living. I mean yeah. like living like for you as you. This year, not doing... I, I haven't socialized much this year, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I had a really fun, very formative year. I've been like all around the world and it's been really, really interesting. But I actually had a question for you. Oh, oh, okay. You get to watch people grow up. Yeah. Is it ever <laughs> weird watching people grow up? Like you see them on in intervals, like throughout their whole lives. Yeah. I'm sure there's people that you talk to that now like fully just don't make music and like have kids. Like, oh, is that weird? It is. That's really a great question. That's the best question that's going to be asked this entire interview. <laughs> <laughs> We're literally 40 seconds. <laughs> We're already bashing Zach. Um, <laughs> yes. And it's... The, the, the short answer is 100% yes. And it's also weird because when you look at somebody, it's two ways. Like, it is very much like a mirror because when I, every time I, I come in contact with somebody... It, like. When we sit down and talk, we talk at length, right? So, mm. like, I, I do feel like there is a... We really cover that, at least to the best of our ability, that chapter of what was going on in that person's life around that moment. Mm. And every time that person comes back, there is this uh, feeling of, like, 
it, it's weird. Like you, you, you watch somebody grow up, but then also when you, you also like connect it to yourself because there's growth on this side of the table mm-hmm. too. It's, it is this very, I don't know, man. It's really, really fucking weird. It's, but it's also really special. And being able to track somebody's art and who they are through conversation over long periods of time, like, I, I, I feel like I know you. Mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate to know you, mm-hmm. and I know you primarily. Like I don't know the handful of times we've seen each other outside of the studio mm-hmm. haven't been really not nearly as extensive as these conversations, but like there is like I do feel like I get to know somebody and I get to really understand them even deeper through their art. So when you can really sync the two up and you go back over time, it is fucking crazy. Yeah. But there are people that like my friends, like Ariana Grande or like Liz Gillies that come on the show. And like, when you look back at those moments and you see them grow up, I also like, you know, we grew up together. So mm. that's like fucking weird too. It's yeah. all weird. Yeah. It's all very it's all weird. It's been the theme weird. of this year is weird. Do you say that because you're, doing things career-wise that you've never done before? Yeah. I mean, so much changed in the pandemic that I didn't get to witness. I would just see numbers and see comments, and that's kind of like all I got to see. My whole entire life changed in this like period where I was just at home. So this year was the first time that I ever saw it with my own eyes, like how much had changed. And it was a weird year. It was like, I was like, whoa, like what happened? Where what what has changed it's been very interesting and super eye-opening and do you ask yourself like what you've done differently to bring in new eyeballs new ears sell out venues that you couldn't have sold out before no not not that i think you know i guess you know my debut album came out the week that the quarantine started and i i think i expected life to be a little different after you know just because it's like a body of work you know life's different after you tell a bunch of people a bunch of things about yourself but I I guess I didn't expect it to be this different or something but it's been a good year does the difference propel you to live more for you or more for work I mean I love touring like I love it I was really nervous when I was going to start touring again in February because I've been on tour since February and I was so scared. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like I've, I've made this life that I've gotten super comfortable with, you know, like wake up and make a coffee and see my two friends that live in LA and, and, uh, that's it. That's what I was like. That was the world that I knew. And I was super scared that I was going to like hate that life was different, like hate that I was on the road or something, but it was the, the opposite. I was like so happy to be anywhere other than in my room, even if it was like some gas station in Oklahoma City. Like I'd rather be there than anywhere else. Who are you sharing this with? Everyone. I feel like um, my my friends are super, like they're my family. What is Super Ache? How do you define that? Super Ache to me is an album about lingering love or like lack of love I think it's about like getting over something and Super Ache is a very dramatic way of me saying like oh this is an album about me processing a bunch of shit that happened to me over the past few years because I think that the album since I was sitting at home the album is definitely like a very like retrospective album where I'm like looking back on mm-hmm. things and being like hmm how did that make me feel two years later yeah have you experienced actual love since you last met I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that when you're young 
almost all of love is actually just infatuation. I think love is a much deeper thing than liking someone and dating them for two years. I think it's more like, uh, it's like knowing everyone's flaws and still loving them when they've done you wrong a bunch of times 10 years later. I think that I've experienced true love with my friendships in life, but have I experienced romantic love yet? No, no. Clearly, if you listen to the songs, <laughs> clearly. Nobody, you, I feel so understood by this music again. Are you nervous to do a sophomore album just because of the stigma that surrounds that? Yeah, I was, I was definitely scared, but I think I've always written just about my life and I figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, don't change it. So... I'm just going to keep, I, I just always have done what I've always done and and Kid Crow was just me talking about my life and Sweet Break is just me talking about my life. So, Do um, you still feel different. like a crow? Yeah, I think so. Um, actually, craziest thing. Um, <laughs> so Kid Crow comes out, then I move into a new house. And for some reason, the second I moved in, the house becomes like overrun by a family of crows and they're crazy they're psychotic i <laughs> what i okay here's what happens this happens every day i've lived in this house for 2 years this happens every day i wake up at like 6 in the morning because all these crows fly onto my house they fly onto the rail of my <laughs> the, the rail of my balcony and they all jump in unison together and they go doom <laughs> and wake me up what? every morning. It's crazy. And I go out there and I'm like, get out of here. And they're like, they're like, fly away. And then they come back the next day. It's crazy. I don't know why. I don't, I, I mean, think it's the universe. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I think every good thing comes with the bad. And I, I, I loved the crows and they were like, we don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now they're technically living with you. Yeah. I guess that they, they followed me. Yeah. Or did you just, yeah, they followed you? Did I manifest did, them? I don't know what happened, but they're, you they're here and they're so loud. <laughs> if you haven't gotten rid of them, you've learned no. to live with them over two years. Yeah, we're I, like we're a family, but <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, families have squabbles sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. They work through their issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Family ties. I did not hear anything about crows in mm. there. Um, no, none at all. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh. Maybe it's time that I speak about my my other family, the crows. But um, I'll I think we're on bad terms right now, to be honest. Family Line is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. By the way, thank you. It's I mean, it is the story of your family, correct? Mm. Um, I mean, scattered across my family lines. I'm so good at telling lies that came from my mother's side, told a million to survive. Is that true? Yeah, I think that anyone who grows up in like a situation that's stressful or like hard to deal with you learn how to lie i always say like um you know like strict parents always make the most like conniving children because they're like trying to figure out how to navigate, how to it. navigate it and i think um i think it had so much to do with like um like where i grew up in texas and it's just kind of um a song about generational pain i think like hurt people end up hurting people and those people hurt people and i think family line is my way of saying well i hope i hope that it ends with me like i hope i don't end up passing this pain on to someone else later on 
what sparks that in you? Is it realizing that you could be causing pain to somebody else? Is it reevaluating where you came from? It was definitely reevaluating where I came from. I think, you know, like the, the typical, like, a frog in hot water metaphor. Like, when I was a kid, I had no idea that my childhood was bad. I just thought it was normal. I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is normal. Like, sometimes you don't know if you're going to eat, like, whatever. And, like, sometimes things happen. Like, I, I, I thought that it was all normal because that's all you've ever known. But I think that now that music has changed my life so much, I, I'm able to look back at my childhood and I'm like, whoa, like, what happened there? <laughs> like, it's, um, I think that came, that, that retrospection came in the quarantine and I looked at my life and looked at my friends' lives and the world that we grew up in and I'm like, wow, that was... That was really intense, and it, and it follows you for, for the rest of your life, but it doesn't have to define you. Did you not realize that your childhood wasn't normal until then? No clue. I had no idea that my childhood wasn't normal. I thought that everything, I thought it was normal to, like, move around a billion times and, like, be this, like, weird, like, vagrant. I thought it was normal. Was your dad a professional arm wrestler? My dad? <laughs> Why do you know that? For seven years? My dad was a professional arm wrestler, yeah, yeah. I, I Which to... sounds like it's made up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like my uh, whole life, when you look at it, like with bullet points, like it sounds like it was written by like a Disney novel or something, like to to give a character like good character building or something. It's really everything sounds made up. So what? Okay, your dad's a professional arm wrestler. Mm -hmm. What did you? I feel like you told me what your mom did the last time, but I'm blanking. My on mom does food safety. That... <laughs> she makes sure that people don't get poisoned from food. That's amazing. But like, yeah, my dad arm wrestled my whole life. He tried to make me a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. You're an artist. I'm not. I, I was named Conan after Conan the Barbarian. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's who I was named after. Um, <laughs> You've aspired I, to your own type of greatness, though. It's just, I, I don't know. It all sounds made up. Do you, would you change any of it? No, no, not at all. And I think that's what Family Line is about. It's about me saying, I look at my life, so many things happened, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of ups and downs, and I, I grew up poor, and I grew up in these weird small towns and things, but I wouldn't change any of it because it, it made me who I am. And it and I think for so long I was so afraid that, that the pain in my past was gonna define my future. But now, I think after spending enough time away from it, I'm able to see that it, it didn't define me at all, that I became exactly who I was supposed to be despite the fact that I was named after Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> that's really beautiful. Isn't that like, like, that's, and you've been able to turn it into art that goes on to be understood by so many. Yeah. And that like, re I mean, that is, Family Line really, like, uh, so deeply understood. What, what's it like sharing this song with your family? Because you do say, we may share a face and a last name, but we are not the same. Is it hard to show them a song like this where it has lyrics like that? I think that with all of music in life, you just have to be honest. I mean, how many times have you listened to a song and thought like, what the fuck are they talking about? Often. You know, so many times. Yeah. So like the best songwriting is just being honest. And it's important because I say this all the time, but like people aren't stupid, you know, like we have these senses and we, we're able to understand when someone's being honest and real with us. And and um, all of my favorite songwriting is is things that, you know, you almost feel like you shouldn't say, but you but you have to because people need to feel like they're less alone in their situations. Do you remember when your mom 
said that she's leaving and she's going to take the kids? I I remember a lot, yeah. There has to be some... Uh, did you actually share it with them, or did you just let them discover the song on their own? I I usually play music for people in my life. Like I think it's important to share music with people. Um, there are certain people <laughs> in my teens that I definitely have not played um, that music for them because they don't deserve it. <laughs> Why don't they? Um, just because. <laughs> Got it. I didn't know you were, uh, you played tennis? Yeah. Why do you know? Th- why? Are you- this is like Nardwar. Like, what's going on? You know all these facts about me. Yeah, I played tennis in high school. In middle school and high school. You like ranked in Florida. Did I? I, I don't I don't think I did. I, I wasn't I mean, a very good tennis player. Um, I was actually so bad that in middle school they wouldn't actually let me on the tennis team and I just had to be the coach's assistant. Whoa. That's yeah. insulting. <laughs> no <Yeah. big> deal. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> uh, oof. Let me ask you a question about the album as a whole. Mm. Was it fun to write? No. <laughs> that shit was horrible. <laughs> oh my god. It was like it was like trying to piss out a kidney stone. Like yikes. It was horrible. Have you ever had to do that at this young age? Oh yeah, I do it like every couple days. <laughs> I'm kidding. gonna say see a doctor. <laughs> Jesus. No, it was just really like it wasn't fun. I mean, it was like having to kind of like dig up graves mm-hmm. that I'd wanted to just put in my past. And instead I was like so we have to process that. Um, but is it because it was unprocessed? Yeah, that's why. I mean, I spent all of my adulthood post high school just working yeah. and like writing these songs, being like, I am normal, I swear. And I've had my heart broken, I swear. And I'm normal, I swear. And then, <laughs> and then I <laughs> got into, finished that, got into quarantine, and I was like, Oh my god, like, I'm so damaged. There's so much wrong. Um, Are you in therapy at all? Oh yeah, this? it's it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm able to say this because I'm in therapy. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, but that's everyone. I mean, everyone has pain and everyone like deals with it in different ways. And for me, it was like, you know, like touring and like trying to ignore my life. And then, and then in the pandemic, I really had to think about like, okay, like what is my life and what's happened and who am I? Um, which I think all of us did, which is why like, I think with a lot of my friends, we all like had resurgences back to who we were when we were 12, mm-hmm. you know, like I was watching like nature documentaries and painting and like going on hikes and stuff. I was like, what, what happened? Why am I 13 right now? Do you feel like you were lying in a lot of your music early oh, on? No, not at all. Um, it was just genuinely how I felt in that time. You know, when I was 17, I thought like, this is the biggest part of my life is the fact that one time I liked someone and they didn't like me back because when you're 17, that's what you care about, you know? But yeah, I mean, now I look at my life and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's so many other things that have happened and so much more to say. And that's what I realized, I guess, in, in sitting at home for two years. What song kicked this album off for you? The first one, on this album was yours which is a ballad and I think for so much of the beginning of me trying to make Super Break I was writing up tempo music I was writing like y- you are mean and 
how dare you? <laughs> like it was all like really like <laughs> like yeah yeah fun, um, which is not how I felt at Were all. Were you trying to get there? Why why was that yeah, where you started? I was, I was trying to manifest it. Leave me alone. Like <laughs> I was trying to manifest that that the worst thing in my life was someone not liking me back, um, which is just not true. Uh, and so I was really trying to like write like yeah, people want like a like a fun angry song because that's like what I knew how to do, and then. Amidst that, I wrote yours, and I was like, oh, God, that's, like, definitely more of what I was wanting to say. And then it was people watching, and then it was, like, kind of more and more, more, and then I finished. The very last song on the album was Memories. God. Memories. Okay. Memories is one of my favorite songs of all time. Thank you. It is, like, oh, it's timeless. Thank you. The arrangement, the sonics, the fuck. All of it is so good. Thanks. I wish that you'd stay in my memories, but you show up today just to ruin things. I want to put you in the past because I'm traumatized. But you're not letting me do that because now you're in a fetal position. That is—is is it about a friendship? No, it's it's about. Um, I think to me, it's about like a lot of different relationships in my life, not necessarily just like one specific moment. But I think that. I think that um, everyone in life has that one person that just lingers. No matter how many times you think you've gotten over it, show back, show up in your life again. You're like, why are you here? Like, please stop. But the idea like came because uh, I was in this time where like me and all my friends were all single, but like totally not. Like there was all these like weird like situationships happening in my friend group, and I was watching it all, and I was like. Jesus, like, maybe, maybe we should just actually move on from these people in our lives. Um, and yeah, I mean, everyone has that person. That, oh my God. Yeah. That you're just like, can you please just never show up again? Because I'm really trying to get over it, but you're just not making it easy. You're making it as hard as it could possibly be. Is there a trick to getting over somebody, whether it be a friendship or a relationship of any kind? Is there a trick? I don't think so. But you cut people out like tags on your clothing. I love to cut people out. Uh, that's my move. My <laughs> typical move. I love to ghost. Me too. You knew me? No, you didn't. <laughs> you thought you You knew thought me. you've met me? No, you haven't. <laughs> that's me. You thought you had my phone number? Jokes. What are you talking about? Like that? Yeah. I love that. Oh, I, it'll get... Like, if I ghost Not a you, nice thing to do to people, by the way. Don't do that. It's... It's so bad. So bad. It's so, so bad. No, like, like if you don't, if I ghost you and then I happen to see you out in public, like I, it's, it's you're a window. Yeah, well, it never works because then that person doesn't get over you and then they keep trying to come into your life. So you have to, confrontation is always the answer. Almost always. Yeah, I know, but I never do it. Grow up, Zach. <laughs> I'm, I'm 29 and I cannot <laughs> confront shit. <laughs> It's time. I've been working on confronting my own inner demons, you mm -hmm. know? Which you have a lot of. That is <laughs> it's taking time. <laughs> it's a slow, slow process. It really is slow. Um, but, okay. Is this still the same person you've been writing about for five years? I guess no. going on seven now? Oh, we're over that no. person. I mm. mean, over it <laughs> would be an overstatement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh <laughs> Um, Do they keep showing up? Uh, no, it's more just that I think that as, you know, like, as I experience more and more things, I think that 
songs become less about like one specific person mm-hmm. they come become like this amalgamation of like everything that's ever happened to you and i'll like borrow little pieces from like my friendships i'm like i watch a breakup happen i'm like damn that was gross i'm gonna take some of that <laughs> like, it's like i yeah i think it's comes becomes much larger than mm-hmm. just like one person are you writing alone and then going to to dan or are you writing with dan what's your process like most of super was writing alone also just because like we were in the pandemic yeah. um and I mean, there's a few that I didn't write alone. I wrote People Watching with Dan and Julia, and that was really fun. Um, but most of it was just me sitting at home on my guitar. Where is People Watching born from? It was this very specific day. It was the first time I ever met Julia Michaels, and Julia Michaels is like one of the best songwriters ever. So I was very nervous. I was like, what if she doesn't like me? What if she thinks I'm weird? Um, and I go into studio prepared with this like you know with this fucking upbeat something something i hate you and stupid stupid because i thought that's what i was supposed to do and then i walk in i'm like julia like i want to do this kind of song i want to do like something up tempo and she looked at me she was like do you really want to do that i was like like, julia uh and and yeah, I didn't want to do that. And then I ended up telling her that I wanted to write a song. I'd had this idea for people watching forever. I wanted to write a song about people watching, about like watching people fall in love and trying to understand what it feels like for someone who hasn't felt that or someone who hasn't been in that. And uh, there was this one specific couple that I remember when I was going to UCLA. There's this one couple that used to come into the cafe every day. It was this cafe called Kirkhoff, Kirkhoff Cafe. It's like the cafe on campus super hard to get a table because everyone's trying to study and by study you mean just stare at your laptop and do nothing um and there's one couple that was always there and they were always like talking about their lives or like fighting or like something something they were just like always there and i was obsessed with them and i would just watch everything they did and yeah basically i'm a creep and that's what the song's about do you learn anything from watching others i learn everything i'm i'm a observer of life i'm not a participator i've always just kind of witnessed it happen and you know i do participate in my own way it's just not in going to parties and like getting effed up like that's not who i am (laughs) so um yeah i'm much more of an observer i've learned everything that i know about life by watching people and watching them live and grow do you learn anything about yourself from watching others yeah i think so i think like so much of life is just making mistakes and trying to learn and watching other people make mistakes and learning from their mistakes. I think that's what life is. Cautionary tales. Mm -hmm. Are you afraid that when you are in love, you're not going to know you're in love? Because you don't know what... This sounds like a projection, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) No, trust me. At this moment in time, I can confidently tell you that I have some sort of awareness as it relates to what it feels like to be in love and what it means. But... I think there was a moment in my t- my life where I was a little bit unsure that it could like punch me in the face and I wouldn't even know mm. just because like you could have been in love. You, you, you call yourself a footnote in somebody's story mm. to be down to give somebody your, 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 your being just to just have a tiny little sliver, like a tiny second of theirs. Mm. You have to have some sort of love. That's more than lust. Mm. So maybe you have been in love and you just didn't know. I think that I think that maybe I'll be able to look back on times in my life and thought, oh, I was in love then. But I think that 
to me, maybe because I like have abandonment issues or something, but to me, like love has always meant like longevity. Like mm -hmm. how many times can you become someone completely new and someone would still love you that way? Um, I mean, I have friends that I've had since the first grade and I'm like, those people love me and they've watched me change and I've watched them change and I love them. Uh, I think it's those people that you don't even have to say anything to for like two months and you know oh. they'll still love you. Um, but there's different forms of love. But there's so many different forms of love and I think that, I think that, um, I think that when it comes to like romantic love, I don't, I don't think I've had it yet, but I think I've witnessed so much of that. So I think I know what it would feel like. I mean, I'd hope, but who knows? Maybe I won't. We'll see. Are you out there? Out there dating? Yeah, like... No. Do you, <laughs> that, yeah, do you know anything? If, have you ever witnessed me ever? No, 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 uh -uh. no, no, no. No, I'm sitting at home. I'm s sitting and giggling and smiling and minding my own business. <laughs> <laughs> but was it hard to come to terms with you being a footnote in somebody's life when you were down to give them so much more? I think, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I think footnote to me is a song about really wanting someone to see you the same way that you see them, but knowing that it's never going to happen. And that's the hardest thing to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest. Ugh. And so I think once you come to terms with it, though, it's just kind of like, well, that's what it is. And I, I, uh, I think that footnote in particular, I normally write like a song a day. But it was like in the middle of the spell where I hadn't written like anything for like a month and a half, which is like deeply alarming. And then I spent the whole entire month just writing footnote. I don't know why. It was just the only emotion that I really felt like feeling at that time. Was it connected to any sort of event? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was connected to me telling someone that I liked them and then, and then being rejected. And I think that uh, I think that a lot of this album is about that situation. Um, but footnote is just, yeah, it's like... Sometimes people don't like you back and sometimes it's not personal. Sometimes it's just like, that's what it is. I mean, we know throughout history that you just can't control who you love. You just will love who you love. And so it's like really interesting to to think of it. It's like, I think sometimes you just have to like accept that things aren't going to happen, I guess. Can you, can you still hang out with that person? Can you still see that person? Can you be around their energy? Do they even deserve to be around yours? I'd love to say that I'm like mature enough. No, fuck that. To, but truthfully, like it's hard. Yeah, it hurts. That's yeah. like that's that's the thing though. It's like that's that's real life, and that's what uh, footnote I think is very much about real life. It's like oh yeah, like it's gonna hurt forever when you see that person. Yeah, because you also look and you go, what could have been? Exactly. But the what if is the most dangerous thing in the world the what if like oh the what if person that one like that one person that you think like well what if that happened because that's all just made up like it's not real you just have to like get rid of the what ifs well because that will distract you from what is exactly <laughs> but what if it does happen what if but what if you get hit by a car right now you know what i mean like what if an True. asteroid kills us like you know <laughs> what i mean like what if yeah Ooh, i feel that Sober up, but why would I lie? It's so clear I'm in love with you. A tense conversation, you like someone else. If I say, I waited, could that maybe help? You told me that the patience won't change how you felt. That is... Damn. <laughs> what if you wrote that? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit hits. Damn. <laughs> Does that hurt to hear or to sing? It hurts to write, but 
not to sing. I mean, I go on stage and I sing it to these like beautiful, happy, smiling, sobbing faces every night. And it's like such a beautiful experience. Now when I think of this song, I think of like the way that they like scream certain lyrics. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's a very healing thing to be able to tour and sing these songs with people because it's just like so obvious that you're not alone. When we have this conversation now, do you can, can, do you see the person in your mind? No, no. I just Sick. think of like, Health. I just think of like, Crap. Being on tour and being happy with with the people who come to the shows. Yeah. Have any of these other songs from this album taken on new meaning since you wrote them? Totally. Totally. I think Family Line definitely took on new meaning. I think I wrote it about feeling like I don't have a family. And then through touring it and through releasing it, it's become really obvious that I actually have a beautiful family. That's That's my own family that I got to, you know, build myself. And I think that memories is like, it was so painful to write. And it was, and I wrote it like, it was like bursting out of my body. I was like, I need to write this immediately. And now when I think of it, I just think of like laughing because people will scream, I can't be your friend, can't be your lover. Like in the most intense way in the world that it's so, it makes me so happy and makes me laugh so hard every time I have to like hold back my laughter when everyone's just like so happy to be singing these like miserable lyrics. (laughs) I love it. There's really something so beautiful about that. Something so beautiful about it. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's 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 everything. It's so nice. Your birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. God. <laughs> what, you don't want to get older? It's not. I don't know what it is. I just can't. Gross. What? I hate birthdays. I actually hate birthdays. I hate attention. I hate birthdays. I mm. feel like every birthday feels like like such a burden i hate it a burden on who those are on you or yourself (laughs) on myself (gasps) birthdays are just they're just so i don't know they're so bittersweet yeah Mm, i agree with that Mm. i hate getting old i don't mind getting older i think it's like i feel like i'm gonna be a really sexy old man like i feel like (laughs) i'm just waiting you haven't peaked like I'm ready to like I think when I'm sixty, wow, it's gonna be watch my out my best moments. <laughs> but it's more just like, yeah, birthday parties are birthdays are such a reminder of like what, how much has changed, and change has always like freaked me out. That is, even if it's changed for the better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's the most recent major change you've had to adjust to? I think accepting the fact that I'm probably not gonna be in one place for longer than like a a month for probably the next like, I don't know, for the next decade of my life probably. Is that for work? Just because I'm I'm touring. I I tour most of the year. and You want to do that. And I love to tour and I love to see the fans and I love to sing this music for people. So it was a kind of weird realization. I'd spent all of this year on the road. I'd spent all of this year not being home for more than like a week and a half at a time. And I kept thinking, oh, well, no, like I'll, once it's over, once it's over, once it's over. And then I realized that I don't think there's going to be an over. But are you afraid that you're going to be so busy touring there, you're not going to be able to live? And then from not living life, you will dry up and we will not have music. Dry up. 
<laughs> just shrivel up and disappear. <laughs> Turn I, to dust. I used to really be afraid of that. And then I made a friend this year who told me something. I used to, I kept on telling her like, oh, like, when am I going to live my life? If I'm doing this all the time, like, when am I going to live my life? And she said to me, this is your life. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, that's, it's true. This is my life. And it's exactly what I want it to be. It may not be like other people's. I may not like have a dog and a white picket fence, but like, this is what I chose and this is what I want. And there's like the people that I get to see, the places that I get to go to and, and the fans, it's like, it's makes me feel like I have my own little world. And there's still staples in life normalcy that you can inject in that with the absolutely. right people. Absolutely. Yeah. There's Don't use this so as an normalcy. excuse not to love and live mm-hmm. and laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And eat and pray and love. That's... <laughs> do the fucking whole thing. Let's do it all. Um, I, do, I, I didn't know you had a thing for reptiles and amphibians. <laughs> <laughs> you used to have geckos? Yeah, I, I used to have crusted geckos, which is a species of gecko that comes from an island called New Caledino. Of course. That they thought were extinct. They thought they were extinct in the wild, and then one day someone just found one, like, after they were extinct for, like, 20 years. But there are these things called crusty geckos. I had my, I got my first one when I was in the second grade. His name was Slammer. Okay. Because my dad told me that if I joined the wrestling team, that he would let me get a gecko, and the wrestling team was named the Slammers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Slammer... Then there was Tigris, named after the tiger from Kung Fu Panda. Of course. And then last is Flamer. I got Flamer in the fourth grade. Okay. Flamer is still alive. Where is Flamer? Flamer is like 20 years old. <laughs> Where is he? And he, when I moved from from LA to California, I didn't think, I thought he was geriatric. So I was like, he's not going to survive this move. Like I have to, I have to like either like make my mom take care of him for his last few years of life because he at this point he was like 14 I'm yeah like, that's they're a, that's not supposed a, to live they're, they're, it's an old gecko it's an old gecko and so, and so i my my best friend her little brother loves animals and loves lizards and geckos and all those types of things so i was like okay like i'll let i'll let you have flamer thinking that flamer would survive maybe just a few more months and flamer is still alive five years later that's magic. Wow. I don't know what is going on, but Flamer is hanging out. But he still lives and he's still being taken yeah, care of. Yeah, Flamer's also crazy. Flamer ate his own tail off. Oh, okay. Just hanging out. Okay. Yeah, you know, whatever. Wow. Yeah. But you love them. Yeah, yeah. Love- I love I love animals. I really, growing up, I wanted to be a biology teacher. Um, I can see that for you. And I, and, and I failed. I mean, did you? I, yeah. I, I did. I mean, I think you passed on test. <laughs> Not that test. Yeah, I didn't pass the biology test, no. I could see you as a teacher, though. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, the only thing is, I uh, I feel like uh, I don't know how teachers stay sane with how annoying students oh. can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Props to them. I don't think they do stay sane, to be That's honest. true. That is, that's the T. At least they get paid well. Jokes. Okay. Teachers, <laughs> we appreciate you. And you're gravely underappreciated. In Absolutely society. underappreciated. Like they're like parents in people's lives. It pisses me off. Oh, they, yeah. In a lot of cases, a lot of schools, depending on the community, they are you know a, a, a huge parental support system mm-hmm. uh, to so many kids. You still have a thing for Sonic slushies? Yeah, I do. Actually, 
Sonic has the new thing, a new item on the menu. This I go back to Texas. Endorsement. This is actually this is endorsed. <laughs> Sonic paid me fourteen million dollars to say this. <laughs> um, thanks, Sonic, for the money. Um, <laughs> no, they. I go back to Texas all the time to see my best friend because I'm obsessed with her. Yeah, I, Ashley. Ashley. Yes, yep, I'm obsessed with her. I talk about her all the time. She's the, the love of my life. But we don't know you, Ashley. But we love you. Uh, but we love you. <laughs> um, we go to Sonic all the time. They created this new item on the menu that is uh, cookie dough bites. Ooh. Cookie dough that they put in the French fry fryer, so it tastes like French fries. What? <laughs> but it's cookie dough. What? And then they give you this little little ice cream that you can dip it in. It's crazy. Wait. It's crazy. Okay, I need it right now. So good. They give you like four. It's like a dollar fifty. It's amazing. Changed my life. Changed my life. Best best menu item. I hope they never get rid of it. Carlos Camera, where is the nearest Sonic to our current fucking location? There are some Sonics in California, aren't there? I think I, there are. We'll. I don't see any on here. I'm looking. Get a helicopter. Oh, we got to go to Anaheim. Oh, that's not that far. Anaheim. I could do that. That's 40 minutes. That's worth <laughs> it for fried cookie dough. Yeah, and they, they fry it like in the French fry fryer. Sweet. So Jesus. that's like salty. It's like, <sighs> it's amazing. Do you create false realities in your head? Because that's the image I got with movies. Yeah. You still doing that? Yeah, I love to imagine. Mm. I love imagining. <laughs> Does your imagination ever get confused with reality? Yeah. Yeah. I also have like really intense, vivid dreams that like I wake up and think like, oh shoot. The other day I had a dream that um, we, my, my friends and I were um, <laughs> at my, we were at, uh, at my friend's house and he was cooking and he chopped all his fingers off. Oh geez, okay. And then in the dream, me and all my friends in solidarity cut <laughs> off all our fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is that a metaphor for? I don't know. Real friendship? I guess maybe when everyone jumps off the bridge. You, you also jump. jump I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're loyal. I am a loyal. I'm very loyal to my friends. Yeah. Loyal to a fault? No. Because <laughs> you cut people out like that. <laughs> yeah. Your clothing. No, uh, I. I'm no. I don't think so. I think. I think it's like the most important thing in life to know when to when to leave or when to stay. Know when to fold them. What is, what is, know whatever. when to hold them? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, that only comes from trial and error, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Like, that's... You can't... You know, how do you know right out the gate? That yeah, and some... I think thing. also, like, sometimes people enter your life for a specific reason, and then once you've, like, taught each other some lesson, you just kind of move on. Yeah. Hard to come to terms with. Yeah. What were you about to say? Um, I'm just reading about fingers being chopped off in dreams. It says mm-hmm. getting your fingers chopped off in a dream alludes to conflict between you and your loved ones, or you may literally be losing your grip on life. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we know which one is for me. <laughs> the question is, was there ever a grip on in life? Place? Place? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> No. No. (laughs) You got to listen to Super 8. You definitely have. So, but there's a link in the description below. It's all on Amazon Music. We love Amazon Music. We love Conan Gray so much. Are yours and Jigsaw back to back for a reason? I feel like one can lead into the other. 
They are back to back for a reason, I think. Um, I think I was begging, 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 begging for someone to love me, and yours like, please love me, and that I that I had to I had to hit him with the actually fuck you <laughs> next because it's embarrassing. <laughs> so I, I had to I had to um I had to remind the listeners that even though sometimes you really want people to love you, that also fuck them. Mm. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Today, are you looking for someone to love you? No. I'm looking to hang out and smile. Yeah, that's it. What is the biggest change you've made about yourself to try to get someone to like you or love you? You shouldn't have to change anything about yourself. I think I mean, that's the T. Yeah, that's the thing. That you shouldn't have to. It. But have we? All? Yeah. yeah. Of course. We're humans. It's fine. Um, but... <laughs> Heather actually came about because when I was in high school I had a crush on this one person and there was this one sweater that I would wear that every single time I would walk into class and I was wearing it they'd be like it's my favorite sweater I'd be like oh yeah like I just wore it like oh what oopsies and then I would wear it like every day and it became like my high school sweater um it's it's actually I wore it so much that the the fans have deduced what sweater it is. Uh, it's uh, yeah. So this is so you only wore it so they could talk. They would talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I was obsessed. <laughs> what else? I don't know. You ch you change. People always try to change themselves to be loved. I mean, that's the thing. Humans just want to be loved. They do, and they'll do. They'll do whatever they can to be loved. And sometimes you just have to love yourself or whatever. Ugh. Stupid. But do you feel like you need to love yourself in order to have somebody else love you? Probably. Probably, yeah. But I do think, like, somebody loving you and you loving them could, like, introduce new parts of yourself that maybe can make your... Maybe it's make you, make you love yourself even deeper. That is so true. Sometimes people make you uncover parts of yourself that you never even knew you had. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And that's love, a good thing. Love tends to do that. Because mm -hmm. you're tested in a bunch of different ways and... Yeah. You know? Which I, which is why I think like, it's important to, at least like, try every once in a while to meet new people, so that hopefully you can learn some life lessons. How are you meeting new people? Um, I don't know. <laughs> the answer is you're not. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is I've never left my bedroom. Um, no. The grocery no. store. I meet so many people on tour. Um, and. Like, I also think you have friends for specific things. So, like, I have, like, this this group of bros, and we all just hang out. The thing about hanging out with a bunch of dudes is it's really easy. You just sit there, and they just, like, eat meat. And, <laughs> and like, talk about sports. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, I can do that. And then I have all my friends that are very emotionally intuitive and probably female. <laughs> um, and we talk about life and actually deep things and I think you have like friends for certain things you know yeah that's uh that is life yeah um can I ask you a question that like I wouldn't usually ask but people are dying to know no okay yes <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite song on midnights oh no I don't oh I'm, people are gonna really hate me for people saying have this been dying to know this answer. I actually haven't I haven't listened all the way through yet I'm I know. I'm so. It's okay. It's okay. I just can't lie about it. It's just, I I think I've been 
on tour all year and I think especially with new like albums albums like the type of album that you want to listen to all the way through you have to like sit down oh, and like yeah. really do it diligently and like give it justice and I just haven't feel like I had the time yet it's okay but when you when you do thank you for accepting me but I don't know if the viewers are gonna accept me for that answer mm. please don't judge him I'm trying my best guys except Conan Gray accept me for exactly who just they love are. me please you used to chew on things <laughs> T-shirts like and blankets when you were nervous? <laughs> yeah, all of my T-shirts from when I was, like, uh, at any age um, had had a huge hole in from this section to here because I would chew right through it with my little rodent teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, you still, like... Do you have a nervous tick now? I do have a nervous tick now. I have several. I crack my knuckles a lot. Me too. A lot, a lot, a lot. And um, I bite my nails. Not, mm. I don't bite them off. I do this. I, I get it. Um, I have a lot. I actually have a lot of nervous ticks. My but main no, one being talking. When I'm nervous, I talk a lot. But. <laughs> yeah. No more biting off the shirts? No, no. That's I've good. moved on from that. I've grown. Your friends. Was it Ashley who forced you to get rid of that? No. Uh, I think it was just growth. Um, and my shirt, my t-shirts were not happy about it. They were begging you to stop. Um, I do still like chew on things like straws and string and things. I just need something. When I was on tour, I forced myself to switch to toothpicks. Okay. So that I That's wouldn't thing. look that insane. That's man. When I was like chewing on rope or something, but, uh, it didn't stick actually. Mm. Maybe I need to go back to that. What do you not like the texture of the thin wood? I just, I just love string. Mm. It's just the oh. best texture. Interesting. How much string do you think you've digested Probably over the a years? Lot. <laughs> yeah. Just miles of rope? At least for one sweater. One sweater's worth. <laughs> my cat once ate a string and he had a little string hanging out of his butt. Am yeah, I... that happens. <laughs> yeah, so watch out. Be careful. Yeah. Uh, what my childhood dog had worms. And we had to pull worms out of his butt. You will see the worms in their poop. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's gnarly. Yeah. How do you know this album was done? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, I, <sighs> when the worms came out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't God. sat back the inside. Like, you have good posture right now. What I is don't. This? I'm really trying to have good posture because uh, this is my posture. You could <laughs> felt. This is so this is so comfortable for me. But I need to <laughs> I need to not be like that. Yeah, but um, really, how do you know the album was finished? I knew the album was done when I wrote Memories. I It was the only song on the album that I wrote on piano. I don't know why. Um, but I sat down at the piano and I literally wrote the whole song in one fell swoop. Like the voice note that I have is just me writing the whole song like stream of consciousness in like five minutes. And I wrote the very last line, stay in my memories. And I sang it, whatever. And I went, boom, da 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 bum. And I was like, it's done. <laughs> I when, knew the album was done. When you were writing that, were you able to like here in your head the like the acceleration where it goes like yeah i think you just kind of like hear it and it's those songs that you like have this very specific vision for that end up like being the best because you know because you're like following your heart do you know that was going to be an anthem yeah <laughs> amazing um <laughs> no i i just knew that i 
that when I was writing it, I was like, this is the kind of song I want to sing with a bunch of people. The arrangement on that is crazy. Thank you. Like, it is so fucking sick. Thank you. I think I really wanted to sound like, like a classic, like, you know, no real like bells and whistles, just like a, a song. It's forever. Thank you. Did you need to write every other song on that album to get to memories? Yeah, I did. I think you can hear throughout the album me getting to that spot. You can literally hear me going from like being in denial to like being like, oh, I'm angry. No, I'm sad. I'm confused. What's going on? And then at that end, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get over this. Yeah. How do you define success today? I think I would love to say happiness, but that's not, that's not true to me. I think that I've very much defined success by having dreams and having visions and doing everything I can to make life the way that I want to live it, I guess. Does that make any sense? Not no, really. No, it does. I think to me it's like, success is like, okay, well, what do you want out of life? Like, what, what, what makes you happy? What makes you miserable, but in the long run you think will make you happy? And then like following that. So maybe my answer is just happiness. <laughs> success is happiness, maybe, yeah. It, it, do you feel like you've been happy? Yeah. I've been, I've been very happy this year. I've, I really l like love working so hard that I can't see. Like working so hard that, that I feel like I've done everything I can. Um, and this year was one of those years where I just feel like I did everything that I could and I went everywhere that I could and I saw as many people as I could and um, just a year of like going back to life after so many years of not. You gotta listen to Super 8, please. All of Conan Gray's music is available on Amazon Music, plus we'll put a link in the description below so you can check it out there. What are you thinking over there, Daniel? Uh, on the writing credits, Summer Child is the only song that you didn't have a co you didn't work with Dan on or have a co-write on. Why didn't, why didn't you, why didn't, why didn't you need help on that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually with songs, I'll write the first verse and first chorus. And then I'll show Dan and be like, what is the deal? Do you like it? Do you hate it? And then, and then we go from there. And that's kind of where Dan ends up like, being like, oh, well maybe this should be where the bridge starts or something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but Summer Child, I just wrote it all the way through and we didn't change anything just because I, I knew exactly what I needed to say. But like memories and I mean, every song, it's like, I'll, I'll usually write it like, halfway through or like skip a verse or like skip a bridge or something and then end up bringing it to Dan being like is this good enough for us to keep finishing mm -hmm. and then that's kind of where I go yeah what have you learned from Dan plenty um nothing <laughs> <laughs> horrible guy um uh I've learned a ton I mean I think that Dan and I in so many ways have learned a lot from each other when I first started working with him he wasn't even really doing pop music. Um, and I was like this 19 year old and I was like, I want to make pop music. He was like, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, he was like in his thirties. He was like kind of, you know, doing his own thing. And um, we kind of built the sound together and built this like, you know, these like, these like stacked harmonies and, universe. and this whole like sonic palette that I think I really grew to like identify myself with. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've learned a ton about like standing up for 
your vision and like following what you think feels right and trial and error. And also Dan is always like the first person to tell me to like let myself make mistakes. I think I was a really cautious person. I've always been a very cautious person. He's the first person to tell me, go do that stupid thing because it'll be a good memory and you'll write a good song about it. That's really important. Yeah. What does fashion play in your life? Because you and your outfits are impeccable. Thank you, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is, in some cases, giant heels. In some cases, not a lot of clothes, but all the clothes. It's always different. I think fashion for me is fun. It's, sure, it's like self-expression, but especially I think it's like just a, a way of me having fun with all of this. I mean, once I realized that doesn't matter who you are you can really just wear anything you want um once i realized that i was like well might as well wear the most ridiculous stuff in the world because it's fun it makes you smile it makes people smile it it makes people feel inspired i think it's just it's it's special is the fashion an insight into who you are or who you aspire to be when you're on stage and in front of a camera maybe a little bit of both but i think that the fashion is much more a reflection of what I want that project to feel like or, you know, a a reflection of what that song is or what that moment is. Um, You know, I'm not spending every day walking around in platform heels like at the grocery store. Oh, no. Um, Although that would be interesting. (laughs) I mean... Um, I I think, to me, it's like Soup Break was a really dramatic album and I wanted the outfits to feel just as dramatic as the music is. And... Fashion has always just kind of been like a a way to express that, I guess. Are you a dramatic person? Quietly, yes. <laughs> yes. I won't like admit it in the moment, but then I'll go home and be like, <gasps> like write, write albums about it, yeah. Do you, conf- do you confront people? Yeah, I do. I actually am a confronter. Mm. Have you I always think... been? No, but I think I do think it's important. It just like is easier. And confrontation makes life great because if you confront someone and they react in this horrible way, then like, okay, like, okay, well, that good to know. Like, you know, I think it's usually better to confront. It's true, but it's hard. It is hard. Final thoughts over there, Daniel? Yeah, what's what's going on now? Are you working on a new album? Um, I am going on tour in Asia. And then I'm going to go to Lollapalooza in South America. I'm going to do a bunch of those, which I've never done before. So that's going to be really interesting. I've n- never seen any of Asia other than Japan and Korea. And Korea, I only went this year. And I've never seen any of South America. So that's going to be really interesting. Maybe it'll change me as a person. Mm. We'll see. Fingers and toes. Because <laughs> um, I'm terrible now. <laughs> um, and then I'm just going to live my life and write. Do you write every day? Yeah. Mm. Every day. Last song you wrote yesterday? It was called Fuck You, Zach Sang. <laughs> um, <laughs> what be- did I write yesterday? I wrote, there was a song yesterday. I can't tell you what if it's good. I mean, when will you know? How do you know if its song is good? If it sticks in your head. Mm. If you can still remember it like a week later. And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's how you know. 
I'll, I'll check in next week. So next time you write a song, just think about that. You got it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm slowly working on my mm-hmm. artist career. Yeah, you are. You think that's like the next step for me? Mm. What do you think I should do next? I, I need think, to reinvent myself. Yeah, I think you do need to reinvent yourself. I'm, right I'm getting tired it. of the shtick. <laughs> it's the same shtick every Same thing every time. day. You're telling me. I just think it's time you get your titties out and become a pop star. <laughs> I do have, I mean. It's time. It, it, the people are asking. <laughs> They're clamoring. <laughs> They're beating down the door. <laughs> they can't wait. He was singing your songs before you got here and it was terrible. Well, so. don't shoot down his dreams. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be something here, man. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, but really, if you have any real constructive criticism for us, you know, pass it oh, this way. so much. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> no, you're perfect, Zach. Well, thank you. So are you. Thank you. D- do you believe that? No. Do you but think anyone can be perfect? No. Does perfection exist in any form or anything in life? Mm-mm. And if you meet someone who you think is perfect, they're the most fucked up. <laughs> mm. That is the T. That's true. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think people can be perfect for in the moment, but I think overall mm-hmm. perfection is stupid and ridiculous to strive for people can be perfectly themselves yes and that's and, beautiful to and witness. be perfect just the way they are yes absolutely and i think that's different than somebody being perfection yeah then i'm like what are you hiding listen to super eight please and if you have any thoughts on how we can improve this fucking show <laughs> comment section below <laughs> you good i'm just happy to be here <laughs> are you just happy what does that mean not nothing Dan's usually never happy to be here. He's giggling. Leave him alone. It's because you're here. Yeah, I know. Conan Gray, everybody. Woo! Beautiful human, thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. I appreciate you giving us your time and energy. Conan Gray had a lot to say. He's amazing. Listen to his entire discography on Amazon Music. And be safe. Please. Hug your family if you can at a minimum. Remind them that you love them. Do not go to jail. And have an amazing day. Subscribe to our podcast. Let us know who we should interview next. And yeah, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you. I'll talk to you real soon. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon.